Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Today is August 14th, 2021. This is Saturday. That means yesterday was Friday the 13th. So hopefully everybody had a good time. Maybe had a horror movie marathon, watch a little bit of the Friday the 13th franchise. God knows there's enough of these fan films going around. Nothing wrong with that. I hope they all turn out successful. Uh, I hope uh, everybody I've talked to in that genre that's promoting independent films are doing great and uh, see some success and actually make some money. That's the goal, right? Entertain people, put a few bucks in your pocket, have a great time, have a great experience, learn, build on it, move forward. So let's hope that happens. However, it being Friday the 13th, I thought I would sit down and watch a bunch of movies yesterday. Nope, sure didn't. I'm sure didn't. However, um, here's an unpopular opinion. One of my favorite movies out of that franchise was part five. And that was the part where Jason wasn't even in it. The guy who was imitating Jason was the uh, the uh, ambulance driver. Like I guess he was an EMT. And his annoying son got killed at this halfway house for teens, like half crazy teens. Um, yeah, that's one of my fa- one, one, one of my favorites. Even though Jason himself wasn't in the film. That's okay. They all can't, but a lot of people didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that it wasn't real Jason, but they made up for it in part six. Um, but part five was was pretty darn good. Um, actually, I thought about doing it, like putting it in an order of the ones I liked the most. Actually, if I really wanted to be crass, I would put like the my favorite hot chicks from the Friday the 13th franchise. Quite a few of them, let's face it. I mean, they were known for like, you know, some TNA shots here and there, right? Probably the hottest girl of the franchise, Deborah Sue Voorhees, was in Part 5. But I'm not going to get into that on this episode. (laughs) But hopefully everybody had a great Friday the 13th, had a great time. Have a great Saturday night if you're sitting at home listening to this or out with friends listening to this. Cheers. I did want to broach an interesting topic tonight. I know last uh, episode, I I got some emails from that last episode I did. Kind of went off the rails, got a little got a little on my soapbox politically. Um, and that's okay. I do that once in a while. I, I, not always. But actually, I got some really good feedback. I thought that was one of the more honest shows. Hey, if you like that show, kind of kind of enjoyed the not just the format, like the new intro music and all that, um, but the topics, let me know. If there's any topics you want me to talk about in future episodes, let me know. Jump on Facebook, let me know. Um, I did just post up an article. 
you'll find it on Facebook, on the Gonzo Chronicles Facebook page now, um, about a moon base that China and Russia are working on. And that's what I wanted to talk about this episode, space exploration. And I'm not talking just space exploration, but like, why the hell are we <laughs> going the route we're going with space exploration? For decades, ever since uh, Project Blue Book came out, people in the Betty and Barney Hill case, which is so famous, people have been researching uh, the UFO phenomenon, alien abductions, cattle mutilations, anything that, uh, crop circles, anything that may be related to, to UFOs and the existence of alien life and them visiting Earth. And even spun off, you know, even got one of my favorite shows of all time, The X-Files, had that as a centerpiece of their show. So why now do we suddenly see on a regular basis on primetime news programs like Tucker Carlson, which is probably the number one rated news show, well, opinion show, I don't call it news, but opinion show um, in, in the country. And then we see articles on CNN, on the TV and on online about UFOs, the existence of, of UFOs, um, how they've interacted with our military, the famous Tic Tac video that came out, thanks to the folks from To The Stars Academy and the dude from Blink-182, um, and then work from people that, even on shows like Ancient Aliens and some of the other shows that are on Travel Channel, Destination America, that highlight this topic, that have brought it such... I mean, it's always been famous in Hollywood, you know, sci-fi movies and alien movies, but there's such a fever pitch now making it legitimate. And you got to wonder why now, even though the government really isn't disclosing a whole lot, they're, you know, behind the scenes, they're kind of steering the ship because they always have. Our intelligence community has always done that. Not which is Hollywood, but the news media too. Project Hummingbird, anyone? Um, so you have to wonder why now. And then all of a sudden we see a push to go back to the moon. We see uh, Elon Musk with SpaceX and, and uh, some of the other uh, private companies that are launching billionaires into orbit, <laughs> you know, launching them into space and bringing them back. Um, and then planning on taking people in orbit and selling tickets to orbit the Earth and possibly return to the moon. And, to, and you know, obviously we've been to Mars and the Chinese have been right behind us uh, after stealing much of our technology, uh, damn commies. But, you know, you got to wonder why, why such a push for this stuff? I heard an interesting podcast just yesterday, and the guy who was the guest on the show, I forget his name, you can look it up on Amazon, there's a book out there, it's an almanac, which made me think of the Farmer's Almanac, right? But it was called The Almanac of uh, Extraterrestrials, and it claims that there's 82 species of extraterrestrials. Now, my first thought is, how does this cat know how, how many species there are? Um... But uh, I listened to a little bit of it. You know, it was, it was a good interview. Um, so I'm not going to, you know, shit on the guy or the topic. But, you know, if there's you know, billions or millions of planets that are capable of holding life, then there has to be intelligent life on quite a few. So why only 82 species of intelligent life that they know of that have traveled, you know, uh, made connection with, uh, with humans or governments, militaries, so on and so forth. What is, what is the end game here? Are these friendlies or are they not friendlies? So I went back to an old show that I'd done a long time ago 
uh, a long time ago, quite a few episodes ago. And I talked about something called Project Horizon. And if you haven't heard of Project Horizon, I'm just going to give you a quick overview of this. Uh, it was a, in 1959, there was a study to determine the feasibility of constructing a scientific uh, military base on the moon. And this was at a time when the U.S. Department, of, you know, the, the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force had total responsibility for space program plans. Now, on June 8, 1959, a group at the Army Ballistic Missile Agency produced for the Army a report titled Project Horizon, a U.S. Army study for the establishment of lunar military outposts. The project uh, proposal states that the requirement is this, and I'm going to read this verbatim. The lunar outpost is required to develop and protect potential United States interests on the moon, to develop techniques in moon-based surveillance of the Earth and space, and communications relay, and in operations on the surface of the moon, to serve as a base for exploration of the moon, for further exploration of the space, and for military operations on the moon if required, and to support scientific investigations on the moon. So actually, this was supposed to be a permanent outpost, and it was uh, supposed to, they said it was going to be a matter of national security, and that that would be there as soon as possible and would cost $6 billion. Uh, the project operational date with 12 soldiers was set for December 1966. Uh, according to some of the, most of the things I read, Horizon never progressed past the feasibility stage. Eisenhower axed the program and uh, everything that was to do with America's space program was transferred to the civilian agency we call NASA. Well, that's all good. <laughs> um, however, we have to wonder, when Kennedy came into office, he promised that we would land a man on the moon by the end of the decade, so by 1970. How could he be so certain that we would be able to do such a thing if this, in fact, had not already been in the works for quite a while? So being the President of the United States, I assume he found out about Project Horizon, knew that the military was way ahead already from the mid-50s, which actually goes back earlier than 1958. When I read it goes back to, I think it was uh, 1956 or 57. And uh, anyway, it was quite interesting that he would be able to do that with confidence. And of course, we were already behind because the Russians had launched Sputnik satellite into space. Now, I want you to actually fast forward to today. And here we are, 2021. And we have a brand new military agency called Space Force, which was probably needed. But if NASA was, why would we cut NASA's budget, which Barack Obama did, which pissed me off to no end, because they, they axed all the funding for Hubble and you know, all these other programs that were that were so useful to deep space exploration and, and, and gathering information, why would we cut NASA's budget almost down to you know nothing, bare bones? And at that point it was kind of an embarrassment because we led the world in um in this, you know, in space. And now we had to hitch a ride with the Russians who we had bankrupted after the Cold War, trying to keep up with us. Um so, you know, I, I got to looking back at 
Project Horizon. And how feasible actually is it that we might have a military base already located on the moon? And what would be the use of having a military base on the moon? Um, anyway, I, just, I stumbled upon something that was written by a guy, I think he was, um, maybe worked at Cisco at one point, Edward Larson. Uh, and uh, he is, I guess he tags himself as a lifetime science enthusiast. And uh, this was on Quora.com. And there's a nice little diagram here. It's the horizon of what the outpost would look like in 1965. And I'm going to read a little bit of this. And then I'm going to jump to some news that just came out last month. Not in America, but in China. And uh, a while back, I talked about China as instilling so much technology that they're right on our ass with everything that we do, which I think is incredibly, incredibly dangerous, given the fact that they're a communist government and have certainly different aims and goals in, uh, in world politics than, than the U.S. or any of our allies. But is there a, is there a base on the moon? And well, I guess according to this guy, the best answer is maybe. Um, there was a project back in the late 50s, as he put it, to put a nuclear missile base on the moon. It was called Project Horizon. So the information that you read on Wikipedia, uh, and I and I found other information to back up this guy, but I'm not going to get into that. You can go do some digging on your own and, and find some information. Wikipedia leaves out the most important stuff. And I find that to be the case more and more with their fact checkers that they have, they're not very good. Um, so the project was to put a nuclear missile base on the moon call it Project Horizon. Uh, it was headed up by none other than Warren von Braun before he went to work for NASA. So this was proposed, according to this guy, in 1957 to counter the Russian military threat uh, posed by the launch of Sputnik. So the plan was to develop a series of heavy launch vehicles, which they called Saturn. And that probably sounds very familiar to you, I imagine. Because, um, anyway, I'll get to that in a second. There are two classes of Saturn vehicles. There was Saturn 1 and Saturn 5. And the Saturn launch vehicles that these, the Saturn launch vehicles that sent uh, American astronauts to the moon were originally designed to put an American missile base there. So, you ever wondered how President Kennedy could make the pronouncement in 61 that we could put you know, a man on the moon by the end of the decade? Well, it had been heavily funded since 1958, had several years already going. That's probably how he could do it. Um, but a lot of people don't know that the, the hardware that was used in the Apollo program had, in fact, already been developed long before for Project Horizon. So the plan was to build a permanent base on the moon uh, using um, a Saturn V five different Saturn V launch vehicles, uh, or, or launches. And once uh, built, a series of Saturn I launches would deliver the nuclear warheads and then return vehicles to the base. Um, the first landing would take place in 1965. That's when they originally planned it, with the base being fully operational by 1967. Now, considering that a black program uh, spending was double NASA's yearly budget, could Project Horizon have been built in, in secret? Could it have been done using Black Project funding? Absolutely. That's my opinion. 
if you look at the funding today, I mean, even the CIA uh, and the, the federal, I mean, just in their central banks, they accidentally lose like what, what was it the military lost one year? Something like they couldn't find $200 billion at some point during Obama's administration of what happened. So don't tell me these things aren't going to dark programs. That money is going somewhere. Uh, it's just they, you know, in quotes, don't want you to know where it's going. But it's your money. But how could the Army or Air Force launch a bunch of Saturn Vs without anyone really seeing it? Because the Soviets uh, certainly would have launched, uh, noticed it. Um, they had warning satellites that would detect Saturn V launches, even though they probably wouldn't announce it to the public if they noticed one. Um, but what the the military is planning on doing, uh, having a, was to have a secret launch facility in Brazil, deep in the Amazon jungles. So the question is, could we launch a Saturn V from Brazil without anyone knowing? Still, probably not. The Russians would have probably noticed that. But could the U.S. launch a bunch of Saturn vehicles from Brazil without the public or media knowing it? Yes. That they could easily do, according to what I read. Uh, what's interesting is the fact that the Saturn V first stage, built in Seattle, according to this article, on Quora, was delivered uh, by ocean going by barge. And those passed through the Panama Canal before going north to Florida. But at that point, it would be easily to divert one or two of those down to Brazil without anyone knowing. So the Saturn V second stage was built in St. Louis, also delivered by ocean, going by barge, traveling down the Mississippi. Now, can you imagine being back then in the 60s and having this stuff being transported right past your town and never knowing the purpose of some of this stuff? I mean, this is truly X-Files stuff. Um, but anyway, the third stage was delivered by aircraft, so it'd be easy enough to send the plane to Brazil, right? Um, after they left, uh, yeah, the Gulf of Mexico. So to be accomplished by secret, um, uh, how would this happen? Uh, according to this guy, by setting up more than one assembly line and telling workers on each line that they were working on Apollo hardware. All right, the guys on the line would uh, build a launch vehicle. They would see it launch on TV and think that's their that's their stuff, you know. Proud moment. In fact, their stuff went to Brazil. So what about the astronauts? Well, the Air Force had a school from 61 to 65, so they had trained astronauts. What's interesting about all this is the Air Force had about 30 astronauts in 1998. All right, notice these are not NASA astronauts. Some would later become NASA astronauts, though. So if the Air Force had no space program, why do they need astronauts even in 1998? All right, well, that's a pretty simple answer, according to this guy. So, is there a military base on the moon? Hmm, well, maybe. Maybe. Which brings me to an article that I read uh, that just came out last month, actually June 17th, so a couple of months back. Russia and China reveal moon base roadmap, but no plans for astronaut trips yet. So what they're doing 
is they're partnering up. They've invited some international partners to join them in building a moon base. But they said they don't plan to send astronauts to the moon, not any time in the next decade. This is all going to be robotic. And uh, the International Lunar Research Station, uh, which will consist of a space station in lunar orbit, uh, a moon base on the surface, and a set of mobile rovers and intelligence hopping robots, as they call them, according to representatives of Russian space agency Roscosmos and China National Space Administration. Well, now this is really interesting. They invited some so many different partners, including the European Space Agency, our allies, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia. They did not invite America. These two space powers, which they are, signed an intergovernmental, intergovernmental memorandum uh, back in uh, March of this year to go ahead with the project. So what they're looking at is to have this, this base become fully operational in 2036, so you know, about 15 years from now, providing a range of scientific facilities and equipment to study, study lunar topography, geomorphology, chemistry, the internal structure, uh, structure of the moon, as well as enabling space and Earth observations from the moon's surface. And it will also support human exploration in the future. Uh, it did go on to say that it will be possible that uh, the Chinese will put nuclear weaponry on the moon. Now, I want to ask this question. This, I'm just tossing this out here to the universe. I put this article, this particular article, up on... Uh, my Facebook page for the Gonzo Chronicles, so you can go there and, and read it uh, when you're done. Um, why the need to put missiles on the moon? If we're going to have a war, and it's between you know U.S. or China, U.S. Russia, U.S. and whoever, or hopefully not anybody, but you know I'd love to see a world of peace. But um, you know if we, if we're going to have a war. Isn't it very ineffective to have weaponry on the other side of the moon uh, or on the moon to launch toward Earth? I mean, you'd have to be so precise with the uh, you know, the revolving of the Earth as to where you're going to hit. And the slightest miscalculation, you could be aiming for New York and hit Beijing or aiming for Washington and hit Brazil. I mean, really, I mean, well, maybe that's a little far-fetched, but, um, you know, you, you could hit, definitely hit the wrong place. So, back to what we're talking about at the first part of the show. All these miss, all these programs that are now talking about extraterrestrials, extraterrestrial technology, not of this Earth. And now we're finding out, this, and, and, you know, it very well may be possible that we've had a base on the moon for quite a long time with weaponry. Why would we weaponize the moon unless it's a forward-looking operation for anything coming into our orbit to attack us? Is there that threat or possibility? Government's not telling us something that maybe they've known for decades? I don't know. It's certainly an interesting... Yeah, you know, I can't say, because I mean, I, I know nothing about this stuff, but I can, I can read the news. And uh, if, you know, Project Horizon was done decades ago, and it's very possible that there's nuclear weapons on the moon, and now we're seeing Russia and China developing a moon, a moon base uh, and to possibly weaponize 
and spy and spy in the deep space, um, then, you know, this just doesn't make sense. If those weapons are going there, that's less likely they're going to be used here. So what are we looking at for real? Anyway, just tossing that out there into the ether. <laughs> Something to think about. Um, but I thought it was quite, uh, quite revealing um, what their plans are. Who knows what their plans are, but there's so many possibilities. And, you know, hey, I'm just adding to one more voice out there. What do you think? Why in the hell would the Chinese and Russians partner up to put something on the moon? On the far side of the moon, no less. Because it's not like you can, well, maybe you wouldn't be able to detect a missile launch. I don't know. But you'd probably see one incoming long before it got here. Because it would have to travel all through all that distance. Wouldn't it be just easier if you want to knock your enemy out to have six minutes to respond by parking something off the coast of a submarine and launching a massive nuclear attack? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a war expert. I'm not with <laughs> not with NASA. I'm not with Space Force. But there's a reason we develop these things. And it may not necessarily be against each other all the time. Throwing it out there. Anyway, folks, what are your thoughts on this? I appreciate you tuning in. If you have any thoughts you want to share with me, it's cyrus.alderwood at gmail.com. Look for me on uh, social media. I do get a little chippy on, on Twitter from time to time. And uh, you'll find me on Facebook. Also, uh, don't forget, jump on Amazon. Pick up one of my books. I appreciate it. I sell a handful of books every month. It helps me pay for the show. I don't have to go to Patreon. I wouldn't want to do that anyway. Seems like a pain in the ass and a bit of a hassle. But I appreciate everyone if you're tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment and a ranking on iTunes or Spotify, and uh, share it with your friends. Hey, thanks again, everybody, and I will see you on down the road.